remind me of the title saving all I my love dance for oh, somebody yeah. <laughs> so i'm saving all my love for you yeah i get into that one welcome to the exploring washington state podcast here's your host scott cowan all right, so I hit the record button, Nick. Uh, I'm going to welcome you here, so hang on. But today my guest is Nick Grow. Uh, Nick is a Spokane-based musician, and uh, why don't you take it from here and tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, so I'm a musician um, and a father. I always throw that right in because I'm a stay-at-home parent, and uh, music allows me to have this lifestyle that my wife and I really love. It's slow paced. Um, I can be at home with the kids, go play music a few nights a week. Um, and it's just something I love to do. I love songwriting. I love uh, playing other people's songs and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to do it for a living. That's awesome. How, uh, just out of curiosity, how old are your kids? Yeah, I got two kids, two boys. They're six and five. So they're calm, always quiet. <laughs> always Nothing, calm and quiet. No, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So- had to, I had to go to the, the old parent wheelhouse and put a movie on for this. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, they might show up during <laughs> we'll this interview. Yeah, Who they knows? Might. They might just they pop might. in and say hi. That's all good. So, well, let's talk about your music career. How did you get started in music? And yeah, let's start with that part of the question. How, yeah. what got you going to be a professional musician? Well, I've always loved singing. Um, and you know, I never, I never set out to be a professional musician. It wasn't like a long-term goal of mine. It just kind of happened naturally. Um, but I've always loved singing when I was in high school, I was singing like at a youth group and some other kids started a band, needed a, a singer. Right. So I did that thing. Um, and as I got older, went to college, just kept doing it. I kept songwriting, uh, which I just kind of fell in love with when I was young. It was very cathartic and kind of like my form of journaling. And then somewhere around 2011, when my wife and I were kind of settling down here in Spokane, starting this life together, uh, I just started playing in Spokane and word of mouth kind of picked up uh, some regular gig I had. And it just kind of grew from there to the point where over time, I, you know, I started working part time at my day job and then ended up quitting it. And I've been doing it full time for about five years now. That's awesome. That's yeah. good for you. I, I always love it when people get to follow their passion and even yeah, if it's I'm very lucky not, to do you it. know, whatever the passion is, you know, go do it, mm-hmm. go, go absolutely do it. So I'm just going to jump to this question that we talked about before I hit the record button, because I can't yeah, wait yeah. any longer. So on your website, you kind of somewhere on your website, you, you allude to a library of 600 songs. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. It's a lot. It's a lot of songs. So I'm going to open up this Google doc. All right. And I'm randomly going to, I'm going to, how am I going to do this? I'm going to randomly give you the artist. Okay. And I want you to tell me what song it is. Oh, good. Or I like songs. This. I like okay. This. All right. How about Alan Stone? Oh, I know a lot by Alan Stone, local hero around Spokane here. Boy, I know, um, what's the one he wrote for? It starts with a C. Uh, I see things in my mind. Uh, Consider Me. I know The Bed I Made. I know uh, Circle. I know uh, Million, okay. I think. All right. And like maybe two or three more. All right. So let's see here. I mean, this is an eclectic list. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to ramble. You, I'm not asking you to say anything as I scroll through, I see the, the, 
Fre- fun, Garth Brooks, <laughs> Green Day. I really Greg, try to mix it up. Greg Kin Band. Guns oh, and yeah. Roses. Okay. I do not know who Guster is. You don't know Guster? I do not know Guster. Oh, Guster's a great, like one of the original kind of indie do-it-yourself bands. Okay. They're awesome. Hootie and the Blowfish. Only one Hootie song? Just one Hootie. Once, yeah, okay. For now. Always learning, though. Always learning. Johnny Cash. John Denver. All right. I got to find another one here for you. Okay. Now that's too simple. You'd know. Uh, <laughs> only one Simon and Garfunkel song? Yeah, just one for now. The Boxer. Okay. All right. That counts. I'm working on Sound of Silence. It's pulled up. Okay. It's pulled up on my other computer. Uh, Tom Petty. What are you playing by Tom Petty? Oh, lot, lots of Tom Petty. I like Tom Petty. The Waiting, Learning to Fly, Wildflower, uh, Won't Back Down, uh, okay. Making Some Noise. My kids love that song. And Into the Great Wide Open. I'm going to say this because it's kind of funny to me, but Whitney Houston. Oh, I, yeah. How do you sing? Whitney? Come Sing sing something. <laughs> of Whitney. Come on, just do it. Come on. Come oh, on now. Uh, remind me of the title. Saving All I My Love. I dance oh, with yeah. somebody. <laughs> so I'm saving all my love for you. Yeah, I get into that one. All right. It's a all lot right. of fun. Will Smith. Okay, you got, this is a really. Well, I'll tell you how I approached. Yes. This. How did you. Yeah, when I, was getting, when I was getting started, um, I knew I needed some sort of niche, some sort of shtick, right? And I didn't want to be the guy my age playing my nostalgic hits, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, there were already a couple guys in Spokane doing that, right? So I knew I needed something. And I, I decided early on I wanted to be the guy in Spokane who has as much or more variety than anyone else. You go see me and you are constantly going to be surprised. And also I love taking requests at live shows. And so, you know, people will come up and I want to have something for everybody. I want to have some country hits. I want to have classic rock. I want to have these old crooners and current pop hits, you know, run the gamut. And so early on, maybe 2012 or so, I made a goal to learn two songs from every calendar year going back to the 50s. So I made a big spreadsheet oh. and I would go through the billboard year end charts and I would just start listening and songs that really clicked with me. I started learning and it took me over a year. But when I was done, you know, I had a hundred songs running 60 years. So that's very cool. I mean, and this is a great list. I mean, there really, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in here. I'd be like, that'd be kind of fun to hear. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun to hear. Echo and the bunny man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so this is, wow. Okay. Well, we're going to, we could go down that rabbit hole way too long. So before I hit record, you, you, I actually framed the question. Like if I just asked you randomly five songs, right. would you be able to play them? And, and you said confidently, you know, 90% chance you'd yeah, get yeah. all five. Of them. Mm-hmm. How is it that you're keeping 600 songs clear? I mean, right. for example, in my mind. Have, yeah. Have you, you've gone and seen, musicians perform like big yeah. acts, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. any of these names and you, and you know, half the time they got a teleprompter with the words in front of them. So <laughs> if they can't remember their own music, how are you remembering six? Well, songs? I do play with chord charts. I have two okay. five inch binders, uh, you know, with okay. 300 pages each. Jeez. 
Why don't you just put it like on an iPad and mount it next to your microphone <laughs> That's a good stand? good question. People ask me all the time why I don't go digital. I will tell you the reason is because I like when people see these huge binders and they come up and they go, whoa, you know all these songs? And I can say, yeah. And sometimes they'll, huh. they'll join me right there. They'll flip through and they'll say, oh, yeah, play this. That's actually a really, you know, because the iPad, I'll just hold up my phone to you. Yeah. Going, how many songs are in my phone? Yeah, exactly. I don't know, but lots, right? Exactly. Or how many books, whatever. But yeah, if I drop binders on the table mm-hmm. you're like oh there's and you know says. i like the i'm i'm old school i like the tactile i like okay. flipping through pages i don't i don't want to scroll through an ipad in between songs i like taking a second seeing what a, what song is calling out to me next well yeah so that's a question then when you're performing mm-hmm. and you're not performing at a wedding because we'll get to the right, you know, right. your wedding singer thing here and they may have a little <laughs> bit more control of what they'd like to hear that night but if you're at the you know local club that you're playing at on friday night mm-hmm. Do you go in with a set list? No. Do you, you go in and as the mood hits you, you start to play? Yeah. You know, I would say one of the things I've developed as a skill, as much as playing music is reading a room. If I'm not getting requests or taking requests on a given night, I'm seeing who's there and I'm making educated guesses on what's this person going to like. And look, I'm, I'm using assumptions and stereotypes, right? But I've, I've done this for a decade and I've kind of learned to be able to fairly accurately guess what's this person going to like? What, what's that person going to like? I'm going to play some pop songs and then I'm going to see, Oh, this grandma over here with her kids and I'm going to play some oldie and, and it works out. And you watch her toes tap or something like she's, that's cool. Earlier on you were, 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 so when you got started, how, where were you playing when you got started? And Mm -hmm. then you also mentioned Bellingham. Yeah. So, I mean, I got started here in Spokane when I was young, right? I played, um, when I was in college, I played kind of the on-campus little acoustic shows, but I was very green, right? And once I was done with this high school band, I was really uncomfortable playing solo. I was super exposed. I was not very good at guitar. So in 2009, my wife and I got married. We moved to Bellingham for a couple years and you know, at that point, I'm like a bedroom musician writing these really sad, dour songs. And I realized I need to get better at performing. So for six months or so, I went to three open mics a week and I just played and played and played um, and kind of developed that skill at the first stages, how to engage with an audience, how to pick better songs to play. Um, and while we were there in Bellingham, I met a friend of mine who was in the grad program my wife was in, and, uh, he was kind of the first guy who introduced me to, Hey, you can learn other people's songs and just have fun with this. I took music very serious and personal Mm -hmm. and introspective. And he kind of opened that door to me like, Hey, let's be lighthearted. Let's have some fun. So he and I played a bunch together, started out just playing, you know, at his apartment. Um, and I kind of got a bug when I was doing those open mics to to do more. So I convinced him to go busk with me, playing on the streets. We'd go out at 10 or 11 on a Friday night in Bellingham. You know, Bellingham's got a real lively scene downtown. And mm-hmm. we would find some good spots on the sidewalk, tuck in a little alcove that was like a little natural amphitheater. And I remember probably the third or fourth time we were busking, we played two or three hours and we made like 80 bucks. And, you know, we were, we were both poor college students. I was newly married. And I was like, this is incredible. This is like almost as much as I made washing cars earlier today, 
you know, and that sort of thing really got me going. Like, I can't, I can't let go of this. I really connected with it. So we kept playing. And, um, one night there was a band. This is, I love this. There was a band that was walking down the street. They're called the Penny Stinkers. Shout out to Jeff and JD. They stopped, they listened to a couple songs and they just told us, Hey, uh, we're a local band. Anytime you want to, you want to open for us, just come show up to a show. We'll let you play a few songs. So I convinced my friend Josh to do this with me. He was super uncomfortable with it. And we showed up, we played a few songs. And I'll tell you, I wore out my welcome. I followed them around and and probably played <laughs> for them like six times until I finally got the message like, okay, we're good, man. You you got it. And <laughs> and by that point, we had developed a bit of a repertoire. We started calling ourselves single and married. And uh, we played around Bellingham. We, you know, we would just bring friends out to a different coffee shop or a different art gallery or wine bar. And and that was really my my start when I got going in earnest performing in front of people playing cover songs. So when were you ever playing any originals there too, or did you just do covers at that time? You know, at that time I was pretty much just doing covers. So when did you start working your original material in? You know, when I got back to Spokane, um, I started playing more here and it just kind of worked in gradually. I still, I'll be honest, I still don't play a ton of originals at my live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel in a lot of ways, like the right venue for my music is recorded. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think sometimes I second guess whether or not my music is a good fit for in a bar or at a restaurant, you know? Um, but I do okay. play them sometimes, but honestly, I think a, a lot of the reason I didn't play them at first is because my songs weren't that good. I, I had to get better, you know? Okay. Well, so when you came back to Spokane, was it easy to start finding gigs in Spokane? How's the, how's this, how, I guess this a few years mm-hmm. ago. So how was the music scene in Spokane back then? Yeah. Back and then. Also, how is it nowadays? It's Which great kind now. Of a, it's fantastic okay. now. So back then 2011, um, I would say it was, it was okay. It was pretty light. Um, uh, an uncle of mine who is also a, a gigging musician was in Spokane at the time and he was running an open mic. And so I went, to this open mic, uh, for a few weeks played, met the manager. I remember the manager asked me after a few times there, he's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to play a night? You want, can you play three hours? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I went home and had to like practice every single song I knew. I've only got an hour's music. But I did that and I played, I played at this bar. It's called Left Bank Wine Bar. It was a cool little bar. They had music every weekend. And at, at that time, they were one of the only spots in Spokane I knew of that wasn't a like a music venue, right? They were mm-hmm. just a wine bar that was doing music two nights a week, every week. So I played there for a few months. And after, I don't know, four or five months, um, the owner who was trying to sell the bar at the time asked me if I wanted to play every week. Um, so he wanted me to play on Wednesdays. I said, well, I can't do Wednesdays. I have a commitment. So can we do Thursdays? And I think since he was trying to sell the bar, he just didn't care. He's like, great, let's do Thursdays. So I played there every Thursday for like a year and a half. And that was really the springboard for my career. I I owe everything to that weekly gig at Left Bank. Everything grew word of mouth from there. So now, now though, um, it's been really fun to see the music scene grow more and more in Spokane. And I will admit a lot of my perspective on the music scene is 
less on the music venues like Lucky You Lounge or, uh, you know, the Red Room or, or the bigger ones, of course, like the Bing and whatnot. Um, and it's more on the breweries, the wine bars, the restaurants, um, cause mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's my circuit. That's where I do my thing. And there are just so many places that host live music now. It's, it's incredible. It's Spokane's a great, great city for local music, for someone like me doing what I do. And when I started, I knew like all the, the people doing what I do. And now mm-hmm. I, I cannot even keep up with, there are so many musicians. It's really great. It's the industry's thriving and it, it makes me so happy to see how much music there is. So one question I always like to ask artists is a two part question in your music career. Where's the, where's the place that you played at that was the coolest place for you to play at? Like what was the venue? You're like, Oh, this place is amazing to play at. And the flip side to that question is, do you go see live music mm-hmm. and where's a, where's a, a room that you've been to where it was like, this was a great place to go see insert name of act there. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, yes, I do. I go see live music. My wife and I love seeing live music. Um, the Bing is the Bing Crosby theater is one of my favorite spots. Um, okay. it's just beautiful. It's perfect size, like 500 seats. Um, oh, yeah, that's so a I saw, I saw Guster at the Bing. Um, who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Fox theater is beautiful. Um, it's, I, I would say one answer I would give you to I have not yet played at the Fox, but I'm scheduled to play at the Fox and I'm super excited about it. I'll be doing that okay. next year. Um, that was something that got canceled in the pandemic and pushed down the road, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, my favorite spots to play are honestly just the little places. Um, I'm very comfortable in smaller settings. I've never, I've never been like the grand ambitious musician for playing on huge stages, um, you know, commanding the vast <laughs> audiences. Uh, I like connecting on a, on a smaller level. Um, but some of my favorite spots have probably been doing weddings. I played, um, you know, where Washington Pass is, uh, you know, past Mazama, Winthrop, you're going yes, up and yes. over on Highway 20, right? Um, yes. When you're near Liberty Bell, there's this hairpin turn, you're heading up and then there's this huge... A rocky outcrop overlooking the mountains. I, I did a wedding ceremony up on there. Um, that was oh. super fun. Okay. Venue wise in Spokane, Left Bank has always been one of my favorites. It's a, okay. a smaller wine bar. Uh, the sound is great. The shape of the room is perfect for it. I like the outdoor patios a lot. Great summer season in Spokane for live music. I, I will say there, I've only been to two music venues in Spokane. Um, yeah, you tell me. You'll chuckle. The well, I've been to um what's the arena? Was yeah, the arena. The, yeah. And um yeah, that's like any other nondescript sure. basketball arena. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um is it the first interstate mm-hmm. yeah, center? The performing arts. I, actually, I like that room. Me too. I, that's that's a one of the things I like about that room is that um the chairs are a little bit larger and there's a little bit more leg room. Yeah. And when you're a petite human being, like I'm not, um, and I have room, it's, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, plus I also like it cause it's right across the street from the Davenport. Exactly. So it's, it, it works. I don't know if I told you the story. We went and saw John Mellencamp there. Oh, cool. And, uh, it was funny. I, I happened to look down at, at my phone or something and it, Oh, it's 10 14. I don't know whatever time it was, you know, 
And uh, at 1021, exactly seven minutes later, we were in the bar at the, at the Davenport. Yeah. And I'm like, I was just at a show. And then seven minutes later, I'm, I'm at the hotel. This is like, I just want to see all bands play here. I like, that's my goal is any band I ever want to see should play there. So I can stay at the Davenport. That's and the Davenport's just- great. They've got, you know, the <laughs> one right across the street's got that mm-hmm. outside second floor terrace. I used to, a couple summers ago, I played music out there on the weekends. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. The Davenport's that's a, that's a nice, nice spot. So let's, let's go into, um, well, let's talk about Spokane and how it's changed a little bit. We'll come back to your music. Yeah, but okay. let's, cause you kind of ref- So what have you seen over the last decade in Spokane? Because I don't know if I'd shared this with you before, but growing up as a kid in Tacoma, Spokane was, you know, this is, I'm telling you that I thought Tacoma was better than Spokane. So my standards were really low. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Tacoma's not exactly known for being like, and Tacoma's very cool too. But when I go to Spokane nowadays, I, I, there was probably 20 years of my life where I hadn't been to Spokane. It changed radically. Dramatically. Yeah. And what have you noticed? I mean, you live there, so you probably not, you know, you're, you're, you're too close to it to mm-hmm. see a lot, but what have you noticed? Like what's going on in Spokane that people should hear about? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. I think Spokane's an incredible city. Uh, one of the things that I'm most excited about is not particularly music related, I just think in the last decade, Spokane has done a ton of investment into itself, core investment in, in the middle of the city. You know, we're doing a, a $60 million renovation in Riverfront Park right downtown, oh, wow. um, yeah. you know, hadn't been renovated in almost 50 years. And it's- What are they doing there? They're doing what all do kinds you know? of stuff. So Riverfront Park hosted like the World's Fair back in mm-hmm. the 70s. 74, right? I think. Yeah. 73, uh, 74, 74, yeah. So they- you know, they renovated the huge pavilion and they turned it into this beautiful landscaped venue where they're going to host bands. I mean, capacities like 5,000 outdoor. Oh. oh, you know, they moved the, uh, there was a skating rink like buried deep in the park. They moved it out to the front. So it's got, you know, like a, just more of an accessible city touristy feel. So in the winter, you're ice skating right out there on the street corner. In the summers, you're roller skating on it or, you know, you take the kids there. Um, and they're just, they're just overhauling things. They're, you know, they just built a, a brand new plaza, outdoor plaza overlooking the Spokane River. I think they're doing a great job of developing walking and biking trails and just really making the most of, we've got a beautiful river running right through the heart of downtown and they're making the most of it. That's fantastic. You mentioned kids. So, so mm-hmm. you have like, you know, kids, right. what's going on in Spokane for kids? What is, is Spokane a kid friendly place? Spokane's super family friendly, very kid friendly. Okay. There's a lot to do outside. There's a lot to do. I mean, even just like the library system, you know, we're doing major library upgrades and we, we take our kids there. They've got lots of programs. They, you know, I mean, I'll admit most of what I do with my kids is, is me at home or me, me, we do out outside stuff. You know, we go dirt biking, we go bicycling, we go, uh, just around the neighborhood. And my wife and I knew early on, we wanted to live near downtown. So we're just a few blocks off of the Centennial Trail and we, we get all over on bikes, pull kids in the trailer or pull kids on the little third wheel. And Okay. But yeah, Spokane's super family friendly. It's very easy okay. to raise a family here. Are you a coffee fan? I am. All right. Not a, not a, like a coffee nerd, but I like coffee. Uh, so 
loaded question, but like, where do you go for coffee in Spokane? Yeah. Like, uh, ladder I coffee is, is fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, ladder is kind of our go-to. There's a great okay. little, little stand down the street from us called white dog. We like white dog. Uh, roast house is a huge Spokane name. Yeah. We're, I, we do a coffee with you're them. You're familiar they're, with they're, roast they're wonderful people. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wonderful and they're all people. over. They're, yeah. They're, they're uh-huh. just super cool. And, I geeked out when I walked into the first Avenue coffee sh- shop for the first time and just looked at all that gear. Uh-huh. And I was just like, Oh my God. And they do so much yeah. community engagement. I see, yeah, I see them doing stuff all over. Yeah. They're, they're great. Do, do they ever have live music at first Avenue coffee? Not that I know of. I haven't seen it. I, what, I don't know. That room would be, might be a really echoey. It might not be, be the best place to play. Okay. So anyway, I played lots of, lots of echoey places. <laughs> Well, you should talk to him because that, have you been in first, you've been in first seven because that's right across the street kind of from, is that the, the knitting factory that it's across the street from? You know, I don't know that I have been in there. Okay. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You should, I'm going to have to go check it out. You need to go check it out. It's a really cool coffee space. I appreciate the yeah. suggestion for my own city. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Let me give you yeah, a yeah. team downtown. <laughs> so one question I always love to ask you guys is like, now you're, you're at home with the kids. So mm-hmm. this one might not be quite as easy, but you and your wife don't have the kids. You're going to go out. I'll let you either pick lunch or dinner, Yeah, whatever. Where would you go? Uh, we would go or me, yeah. more importantly, let me interrupt you more importantly, where would she want to go? She wants to go. <laughs> yeah. She wants to go to ruins. 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 I've not heard of that. Tony Brown, what is that? local chef. He's got a couple of different spots, but he's, he's great. He's fantastic. Ruins is this little diner, uh, just, uh, just North of downtown on Monroe, probably seats 30 people. Um, and they've been doing super cool stuff for, for years. They did on, I think Mondays they would do what they called Mick ruins and they would just do their version of like fast food burgers. They would make like you know, gourmet really? crunch wrap Supremes, this, all this sort of stuff. So that was a real, that was kind of the hipster night, right? Uh, oh my that was gosh. a real fun one. Uh, I mean, we're all, we're in our young thirties and we were like the older crowd there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but they would do, they would do pho one night a week. Um, we, oh, wow. I'm, I remember we went there one of the first times we went there and just had like a roasted beet risotto that I just loved. It was so good. It's just a great little spot. That's where okay. she wants to go. That's for sure. How about breakfast? Breakfast. Okay, got any good breakfast places? Yeah, it's got a lot of good. See, I always ask these questions so that I know next time right. I go to the town, like where to go check out. So, right, yeah, it's got you're helping me. Good brunch, good brunch spots. Luna's great for brunch. I mean, classic breakfast. I'll tell you, my kids are all about Frank Steiner on the train. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> little train car. Uh, I could, I could uh, <laughs> hold off on another Frank's visit. We. We give the we give the kids what they want for breakfast. Um, Satellite Diner is cool downtown. Okay. Uh huh. Um, Clover actually, yeah, Clover just closed, so I won't won't plug that one. They had a any, great brunch. Okay. Any good pizza places? Yeah, there's good pizza. Versalia okay. in Kendall Yards is good. They used to be uh, known as Verace. Um, obviously, David's Pizza is kind of a, a Spokane classic. Not not aware. Okay, of. Yeah, David's is cool. Like real, real thin crust, uh, big yeah. slices, right? Um, and Benedito's is a is a Spokane uh, classic for sure. And then of course, I I would have to mention Flying Goat and Republic Pie. 
those two same owners. Flying Goat is is the one. They're they're kind of in our neighborhood, and they are people love Flying Goat. Flying Goat. I love the name. The reason I'm asking you all these more than my normal questions yeah. is because uh, Kenzie is coming over for a visit, and for two of the days that she's here, we're going to be in Spokane. Oh, great! Def- so, if you want pizza, definitely go to Flying Goat. Yeah, and have to have to you know. I had new places to try out. So this is awesome. All right. Let's talk about, so you, you, you sent me some, some, you gave me a framework to work from. And I, this is not what I normally do. Normally it's like kind of like a grateful dead show. It just kind of, well, this is meandering around, (laughs) but but I got things to circle back to talk about this thousand mile bike tour. What? (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about that. So that's a, you know, just a few miles. Yeah. Just a few. This was a, a year, a few years back. My wife and I, we both love biking, right? My wife, uh, we share a car. My wife commutes to work on a bike. Um, and we decided we wanted to do a bike tour. So we put together like a three week thousand mile tour around Washington. I thought it'd be fun to talk about because it's the explore Washington state. Park, no, right? Yeah, no, this is, I'm looking at you like you're crazy, but that's yeah, okay. So Go we ahead. looped from Spokane. We went down to Walla Walla. We spent three days biking along the Columbia on highway 14 you know, we camped some, it was a totally self-sustained tour. So we packed all our gear. Um, you know, we made, we spent some nights with, with like friends of friends. Um, Mm -hmm. we, we did some, uh, there's like a cycling website community called warm showers where we would find a host who's also a cyclist. Right. Um, and then we camped a few (laughs) nights and we looped all the way around. We made it down to Portland and then we came up, uh, all the way up into Seattle, rode the inner urban trail, up almost all the way to Bellingham and then took highway 20, uh, back over to the Met Howe Valley and, and finished at her folks house in twist. It was a great trip. It was super fun. We, uh, so we, one night, so I highlights. Guess, yeah, sure yeah, highlights. yeah, for sure. One night we were, um, down near Walla Walla in Pomeroy. You know where Pomeroy is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I do. um, it was one of our nights where we didn't, we didn't know where we were going to stay. We just figured we'd wing it. And so we roll into town and it's just, pouring buckets it's just raining so we spent we spent like an hour in the city park under the pavilion but of course there's signs everywhere you know no camping and we're like okay i guess we gotta follow the signs so so we go into a grocery store buy a little food for dinner and we we just happen to meet my wife has this uh this draw strangers just come talk to her like they need to take care of her she's like five foot tall right and she's just great at drawing people in so we started chatting with this woman who was um the fire chief's wife and so she's like oh just go down to the station you can shower there so we go down to the fire station in pomeroy we get all cleaned up and uh we ended up like texting a friend who put a like a social media message out and like an old acquaintance uh, from college called his parents who live in Pomeroy and like dad came out, picked us up in his truck and brought us home. We stayed with them. So that's the kind of stuff that just, you know, it happens when you're on like an unscripted adventure. It's great. What I'll tell you what I love about, about cycling um, is the pace. It's, it's mm-hmm. a perfect pace, not just being on a bike, but also being on a bike. You know, it's a great pace to see the world. You're, you're going fast enough to make progress, but not, not so fast that you're missing things. Um, but it right. just kind of, it puts, 
you're into this sort of even-keeled state where things are just kind of moving right along. And uh, it's it's great for connection. It's great to challenge yourself. Uh, we just love it. Can't wait for the kids to get older so we can get back out and do long ones again. I was just going to ask, yeah. what um, what age do you think they'll be when you spring a you know, a hundred mile trip on yeah, one yeah. side. I don't think you're gonna be like, okay, let's start with a thousand miles. Well, we did. Uh, so two summers ago and they were four and three, we did like a four night tour with them where we, uh-huh. we pulled them in the trailers. We had, we set our bikes up like this long train. So it'd be like my bike and then the third wheel they could ride on and then the trailer. And, uh, and we camped, we camped four nights. We rode like 160 miles in four days way out to the North Idaho panhandle. And then we ended with my older brother and his family who was, they were camping there with their trailer. So we kind of ended and they hosted us and then we all came back together. So we've already done it with them. Um, okay. We're at a point now where it's like, they're old enough that they're, they're too heavy for us to pull them on a whole tour, but they're not big enough to carry themselves. So right. when they're a little bit older, we'll definitely go back out and, you know, do some one nighters like local campgrounds where they can do the whole bike themselves. Um, but they, okay. biking is like the one thing that we don't give them a choice. Like you're going to bike with us. Cause that's what we you're do. You're going to bike with us. Yeah. I always, you know, I always preface this by saying, I always preface this and always ask this question of guests. So there's, there's the obligatory Scott <laughs> announcement. So I'm going to ask you this in two parts, okay. one with regards to biking and one with regards to music. Okay. What sounded like a great idea and it flopped. So with regards to your biking, your biking excursions, what sounded like, you know, this will be great. We'll go here. And it just didn't work. And the same with, same with music. Have you ever thought I'm going to try this or that or something? And it just didn't work. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll start with biking. Cause that's, that's easier and maybe a little less close to home for me. <laughs> uh, when when I had convinced my wife, Addie, to do a big tour with me, we decided we needed a practice night. So we biked to a campground over on Lake Coeur d'Alene. And to give you some context, when we did our tour, we averaged about 55 miles a day. And okay. so this, our very first night of riding together all day and camping, we did 90 miles. And we were not prepared. <laughs> We did not eat enough food. We did not have quality gear. We, you know, we were way down and we were just tanked. And particularly Addie was just so gassed. And so the next day coming home, like we, we didn't make it. My parents bailed us out. Your parents yeah. bailed you out. Okay. And then of course they're ready to send us off on a thousand miles. But but what did you learn? See, here's the, here's, yeah. the, here's the thing you learned and some takeaways mm-hmm. I got from that is Eat more. Don't do 90 miles in a day. <laughs> Eat more and have better gear. Yeah. Okay. Because if you would have not learned those lessons, I don't think we'd be talking about your thousand mile right. bike trip. Okay. So now let's come back to music. Yeah. Let's put it to you this way. Was there ever a song you thought, oh, I want to play this and everyone will like this if I go and I'll learn this. All the time. And you pull. Okay. All the time. Well, okay. So, so share with me what, what's been a couple of those ones you think I should, you know, this will be great. Uh, and the audience yeah, just looks yeah. at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I learned, I, for a long time, I was very, very reticent to learn current pop hits because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always a little bit late when I learn it. Once I've learned, it's really a big hit. 
And then so many, it's really hard to tell in real time what pop hits are going to have any staying power. And so then it's played out really quickly. And if I'm not really on with that, I learned a song. um, I forget the artist. It was called uh, Boys Chase Girls. This might have been like eight years ago or something. Um, (laughs) You know, it was like a Sarah Bareilles sort of artist. And um, I played it. I think I played it once. And it was like, this was a terrible choice. (laughs) (laughs) But see... You know, we can laugh, right? Yeah. But the I always think when you when you talk about these things and you, you always learn something mm-hmm. from it, right? You know, so one of the things for me though, I my wife kind of calls it my one of my superpowers with music is it doesn't matter to me. I can like you said, yeah, I learn from it, but I can play a song that bombs and it, I just don't care. Like in the sense that it doesn't affect me as a on a level where I'm like, oh no, I I shouldn't be doing this anymore. You know, like I can play and well, people have, don't clap, and it, it it doesn't matter. I just learn and and make it better. Well, I, I applaud you for that because see, I think I would take it devastatingly <laughs> if if I were if I were playing something. It's really the only reason I've been able to do this. It, you know, if if it ate at me like that, there's no way I would have continued, especially because yeah, I, I was really bad when I started. <laughs> Let's be honest, you know, a lot of popular music isn't particularly good. It's not, you know, there's people out there that are famous and well-known. And if you listen to what they're doing, you're like, how did this happen? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. How, yeah. How, how did, and I don't want to, I'm not going to name any no, names because we all have our, but we all have our you know, opinion about people, but you know, but you know, you like, you know, insert, you know, so and so, and uh, like, how did yeah, like, what? Yeah, how did this that, happen? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, that, you know, not this. How come? You yeah. know? Okay. Well, how do you? So, every episode right now is all about COVID mm-hmm. because we're you know, as a musician, how have you? What have you done during this forced time off? And yeah, yeah. Know, it's hard to sing with a mask on. Mm-hmm, and, it is. Uh, I did it once, and hand sanitizer I, doesn't I probably do play well on the strings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a super weird year. So, like the four years leading up to the pandemic, I was just all about like this is my day job, treating it like that. I was doing over a hundred shows a year. Um, wow! And I finally, like 2019, I I reached a point where I was like, man, I made a good salary this year. This is great. This is incredible. And then everything stopped and I had this year to kind of sit back and and reassess different things since I couldn't I couldn't be doing what I was doing. So I started putting more focus into the writing and recording. Um, and for mm-hmm. the first time, really, since I was like in a band in high school and college, I started working with other musicians. I had a song that um, I I just put out at the end of the year. It's called Amy. You can hear it wherever you listen to music. And it was the first song where I, I really reached out to uh, a bunch of other musicians and said, Hey, come be in the studio with me. Let's do this song. So it's a, it's a really big song for me. It was very ambitious. I've got, I've got sax and trumpet and, and keys and a bass player, lead guitarist, backup vocalist. Um, it was a big endeavor for me for that, you know, so there's that. And then just collaborating with other people in Spokane, I met a, 
a local performer and producer who's got a, a studio in his home. Um, I put out a single with him last year. We're working on another one right now. Um, that's that's much more of a, a pop music vibe. And, and I, I have always liked pop music. Um, mm-hmm. And so getting to hear some of my my music take on that sound that I just couldn't make on my own um, has been really right. satisfying. So are you... You're not in the studio. Are you, are you doing this kind of remotely? Are you, uh, yeah, I would go. I've been going to his house. You've been going yeah. to his house. We've been working together. So I bounce around and I'm on your Facebook page now. I and do videos. I do cover videos. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say what I was going to say because it'll give it away. But okay. no, it'll be pretty because I was going to make fun of Justin Bieber because it's like, I <laughs> just can. don't get it. Yeah. All right. And here you are with Justin Bieber's hold on. So I'm like, okay. But Justin, let's give the, the kid credit. He's commercially, it's hard to knock it's true. his success, right? I, whatever. How are you doing your videos? Because I actually like the style that you're kind of doing. So, um, and I'll probably put a link, you know, below. Um, But from a technical standpoint, Mm -hmm. how are you doing these? I mean, because it's you kind of got this style, right? Yeah, I kind of fell into the style. Um, I love layering. Um, So, just and look, I'm an acoustic musician. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a beat producer. I don't even play electric guitar. Um, but I like acoustic music and I like layering the acoustic guitar in this sort of acoustic pop kind of way. Um, and so I just, I, I build out a song. I literally, I use GarageBand um, and I mm-hmm. use Final Cut for video editing. And so I'll just kind of build it out and lay out a map of how I want the video to look. Uh, this most recent one, the Justin Bieber mashup, um, is, uh, I didn't really do that. I just kind of, I was winging it and I spent a morning at home, like my five-year-olds in the background in a bunch of the frames and you can just see him like <laughs> clapping or like grabbing his harmonica. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the style for me is just fun. I just want it to be fun. Um, and that was, that really started during the pandemic is like music for me like I mentioned earlier, had, had for a long time been really kind of cathartic and introspective. And, and I had reached a point where now I just need music to, to make me happier. I need it to be fun Mm -hmm. and playful. And, uh, yeah, so I started doing these videos and it's, it's been a real joy. How long does it take you to put, put the video, the the video component of it together? How long is that you didn't know this was coming. Yeah. So anyway, um, no, it depends on the video. I'm just curious from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Like the, cool. the most recent one I, I spent, uh, probably four hours filming and maybe five hours editing. Okay. So you can, you can knock one out in a day, if, mm-hmm. you know, a full day yeah. of work. Yeah. If I ignore the kids all day, I can do it in one day. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you were a terrible parent and which, which you're not, but you, uh, you said something earlier and I'd, I'd like to go back to this. You said in, you paid, you played a hundred mm-hmm. shows approximately in 2019. And you took it as a, you treat it as a full-time job. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend practicing? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, because when I was gigging that much, I don't, I don't really practice at all. My practicing right. is when I learn new songs, but mm-hmm. I'm playing song, you know, I'm playing at least 10 hours a week, uh, live. So mm-hmm. all the songs are super fresh. I had to do a lot of practicing, uh, to stay fresh 
during the shutdown. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my practicing is generally learning new songs. It's just okay. kind of how it's always been for me. And do you run by the kids? Do the kids, <laughs> do you get the feedback from the kids? I do. Like dad's got this I one? I do. Addie's feedback is okay. maybe a little more valuable to me, but, uh, but the kids have a good time with it. But pretty soon their, their feedback is going to be really cutting edge. Cause they'll be listening to stuff. And you're like, well, where'd you hear that <laughs> at? You're like, yeah, you're like yeah. that's right. You'd agree, but you'd agree to play a song. So we're going to, yeah, I'm yeah. going to ask you to do that at the very cool. end here. But before we go there, you mentioned ending your bike trip in Twisp. Mm-hmm. And before we hit record, we were talking about Twisp, but not that people can see you, but your shirt and your hat. Yeah. Talk about those because they're kind of cool. Yeah. So there's a, there's a shop in Twisp. You got to go check out. It's called Print Made Apparel. They also have a storefront in Winthrop, which, you know, Winthrop, if you're not familiar, is a bit of the more touristy town. Um, it's called Pine Tooth Press. Okay. Pine Tooth is uh, like their more retail apparel line. But yeah, so I've I've been outfitted with uh, a bunch of stuff from Printmade Apparel and, and Pine Tooth Press. Friend of mine from college, from Twisp, he and his wife uh, own the business and... Um, they, I mean, they were doing great. So they do like branding and design for local businesses. They'll they'll put out their merch, you know, hats and and shirts and stuff. Um, and it's just it's a it's a great style for me. I have like thirty shirts from them. <laughs> I really do. It's like it's an it's a bit of an obsession. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that we were gonna. Okay, wow. You can you um, can therapy yeah. maybe yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Do you guys go up to Twisp much? Uh, not as much as we would like to, but yeah, we do. We we generally go visit. Um, we do a long visit in the summer every year. Do you do you bike up there much when you go up there? Uh, we have a couple times. I I've taken my bike and and gone on some rides, you know, up the Loop Loop Pass or out Twisp River Road. But um, I mean, we haven't we haven't really gone and stayed there since last year. So so you 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 took a bike over Loop Loop. Uh, I, I one morning biked up to the top of loop loop and back down to twist, but we did, we biked on our tour. We biked up and over, uh, highway 20, the cascade. I didn't think about it that. It was great. I didn't think about Beautiful. that when you said that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm kind of a f- downhill biker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay if it's downhill. It's the uphill that always killed me. So how, well, let's, that's just interesting. So how was the North Cascades on a bike? Oh, it was amazing. Cause that's, yeah. How long did you, t- how long did you take to get say from Cedar Woolley to, to Twisp? So Cedar Woolley. So one day was Cedar Woolley to uh colonial campground, um, which is there on, I forget the name of the lake, maybe like devil's lake or something. Diablo. Diablo. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that. So we were both correct. What's that? Devil's yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we camped there and, and then the second day was up and over and it was like four and a half hours of climbing straight. And then all so, of it downhill in like 30 minutes. All right. So before you said for practice, you and your wife did this 90 mile mm-hmm. ride to, okay. And you, she was gassed. Did you guys train for the Hills on this thing? No. And you're still married. We're still married. It's it's better than ever. We're better than ever. How how on earth? I mean, do you guys cycle a lot? Did you cycle a lot before? Because that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was um, I was commuting on a bike then. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, 
this is just an aside, but I, I had like a two month, uh, stretch where I was trying to bike to gigs and I would like load up my gear in a trailer just because I wanted to bike. Um, yeah, so I was, <laughs> I was biking at the time. So I was in good biking shape and my wife loves running. So at the very least her cardio is good. Um, but you know, it's slow going, you go like 10 miles an hour and you got some gear and it's just, there's no rush. Well, yeah, I was going to say, cause you're, it's not just you on a, on a, on a bike, it's you and your gear on mm-hmm. a bike. So you're carrying a lot. Okay. So did this give you any musical inspiration this trip? Did, did, you, did this like any song yeah, writing come out? Yeah, of it? I did get, I got a song, maybe okay. two out of it. Um, okay. and just, uh, just the pleasure of it singing the whole time. My wife and I are the same. We're just, wherever we go all the time, we're just singing. Singing okay. all out a little bit, making stuff up, singing the wrong words to songs, doesn't matter. Perfect. Well, so how about since now that you transitioned to that, let's, uh, let's yeah, play let's, something. Well, let me do a, let me rephrase that. Please play something. I'm not going to participate because <laughs> everyone would hang up immediately. Let me do a quick, a quick mic adjustment here. Okay. So, uh, that's it folks. Uh, yeah, thanks for, no. <laughs> so I'm going to do a song that uh, I wrote for a wedding client of mine. Um, This is something that if I was going to give myself one little plug, this would be it, that uh, I love doing weddings uh, of all kinds. And this is the the fourth song that I've written for a couple uh, for like their first dance. So uh, this is... Wait, before you get started, sorry, let me interrupt you. Before you get started, sorry, stop. What... What is the, how does one, that seems a little odd to me that you would be writing songs for people for their first dance. Yeah. How did that come about? Do they, do they come to you and say, Hey, we're looking for something or well, the, the, do you know these folks real well? Or, I mean, is there stories This most here? recent one? No, they're just, uh, I was set up as a, as a vendor at a, a bridal convention and, uh, they saw me and I had on some of my signage that I, I've written custom songs and they asked me to, to play one there. So I played one and they're like, yeah, we love it. Write one for us. So then it's like a collaborative process back and forth, right? Where I'm getting them to give me some information about their story. Tell me about yourselves. And then I'm taking what they've written and putting it into a song. Um, okay. my fr- I mean, my okay. first ones were for people I knew. Uh, I did one for a friend. Okay. I did one for uh, my wife's brother. Um, I wrote one for hours. Um, okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Well, please, I'll be quiet. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, this is called Arizona, which I understand is the wrong state, uh, but they're from Arizona, so it's there. It's we'll there let somewhere. it slide. Flashback to when we were younger. You had me struck before I met you. I felt nervous first time we kissed, so you took a hold of me. Girl, you're an angel. I know our love will age well. I still see you with an aura. We found love in Arizona. It's so easy being together. I mean forever, you and me. We stay balanced, lean on each other. You keep me centered. Girl, you're a soft soul. You're the other half of my whole. 
Take my heart and be the owner. We found love in Arizona. I want Sunday mornings late from staying up till day. Wake only when I feel you on my shoulder. I want you to go and chase your dreams and know I'm always in your corner. We found love in Arizona. I snap back to right here before me. You seem to know what I've been thinking. We dance longer, sing to each song, and you hand the keys to me. Then when the doors shut, head for home, I know a shortcut. Take my hand, I want to show you how we love in Arizona. I want Sunday mornings late from staying up till day. Wake only when I feel you on my shoulder. I want you to go and chase your dreams and know I'm always in your corner. I think I'm gonna head south for forever. I think I'm gonna head south. I think I'm gonna head south for the winter. I think I'm gonna head south. I think I'm gonna head south for forever. I think I'm gonna head south. I think I'm gonna head south for the winter. I think I'm gonna head south. We found love in Arizona. We found love in Arizona. We found love in Arizona. Very nice. Very nice. I'm gonna put. Don't put it away. Oh, don't put it away. Yeah, okay. gonna, no, this is gonna be a test. We gotta have to be careful here. I'm gonna pick a band oh, and a okay. song, and I just want you to start it. You're not gonna ask you to play oh, the whole thing because I don't know if we can actually do that. But we're gonna pick a Washington band. Uh, I'm gonna go with the obligatory Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That'll be a little out of tune. Uh, let's see. Hang on. I gotta. Oh yeah, okay. let's see. I gotta grab a capo real quick. Okay, Wait two seconds. This is live podcasting without a net, folks. Of course, you're listening to it recorded, and it's still gonna okay. say the same. So uh, here we go. I know, I know, even flow, yep. which is a lot of fun to play, but uh, okay. that's on a different guitar and a different tuning. So instead, I would just give you the start of Wish List. Okay. Right. I wish I was a neutron bomb. For once I could go off. Is that right? Yeah, it's approximately right. I can't remember <laughs> the lyrics either, to be fair. <laughs> Thanks for being oh, a good yeah. sport. I, I appreciate it. that. So we're going to wrap this up. I'd want you to kind of tell everyone where they can find you. and But also, let's expand a little bit on the wedding thing, because that is kind of something you do seem to be really into. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can find me online at nickgrowmusic.com. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. 
um, just at Nick Grow Music. So my Facebook and Instagram are mostly where I'll I'll say where my local gigs are, and I post my cover videos, um, just having a, a silly time. You're not doing them on TikTok? No TikTok. I I can't keep <laughs> up, guys. <laughs> And I hear TikTok short, right? I, I need a little bit more. I need two or three minutes. Okay. Um, and yeah, if um, if you're looking for live music for a wedding, I love doing weddings. I love everything about them. Everybody's happy. People love each other, except for, you know, the, the family members who don't want, want something. <laughs> no. um, I love doing weddings. I've done huge weddings. You know, I've done cocktail hour for big multi-hundred weddings at the big resorts. I've done little backyard weddings. Um, I always, so I have, I have a weddings page on my website um, and I have some packages up there. I do ceremonies, I do cocktail hours, I do receptions, whatever you want. I always offer um, songs for me to learn for you. Um, if you, you know, if you want a live music for your first dance or something like that. So two yeah. questions out of that. One, about how many weddings have you performed? Um, at this point, I've done I've done probably 30, 40. Yeah. Okay. And what is the strangest request of a song that they ask you to learn? Oh, good question. Um, I learned a, a nitty gritty dirt band song that okay. I, I was not at all familiar with. Um, boy, I forget the name of it. It had... Uh, it was like, I played a wedding for the money and I wish that I could tell the bride and groom what I think of marriage and what they're in store for after their honeymoon. Like, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Nick, thank you so much for making this happen. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to following along because your videos are fun to watch and I'll be checking that out. I just realized you do Christmas songs. Yeah, I, did. I did like a 12 days. Elephant and the Chipmunks. Come on. Those are good. You're not doing the voices. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to the kid. There we go. All right. Well, thank you. you got anything else you want to share? Come to Spokane. If you're not in Spokane, it's a great city, great food, great drink. We've got so many breweries, great live music. It's a good place to be. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.